Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 it's football season, but it's also major season right now. I hope you all having a fantastic start to your weeks. It's the U.S. Open Week. I cannot be more excited for this. I'm very excited for the fact that we got football daily. We got NBA playoffs right now. Today I'm recording this a two-game slate for the NBA playoffs. Huge, huge implications there. And then, oh yes, the U.S. Open, where we're going to be having a fantastic field. I wish there was a little bit better prize pools. Millionaire Maker is fine, but $100 buy-in. That sounds like an absolutely terrible way to spend $100, in my opinion. And then there's like a lot of other high buy-ins, $3,100. But there's a couple of good ones in there. Single entry, three max. A couple of full-on 20 maxes that you can play and have some good odds. But we're going to go through it like we always do. Salary range by salary range. 10K, 9K, 8, 7, 6. All those bad boys. If you know what I'm talking about, please do. Second of your time. Like button for me. Big ol' subscribe button pops up. I really do appreciate that. This channel is growing a ton with the NFL season here. And now in a major week with the NFL, oh, I cannot wait. Hopefully all the new people seeing this video get some sort of value from it. I'm pretty sure you will because I'm going to try and fill you with education and knowledge and help you win. The more informed you are, the better chance that you have at winning. The biggest key in any type of edge in anything, even the stock market and life and anything is information. Whether that comes from reading books and learning more about the financial side of things or whatever it might be. And the big thing here for DFS purposes is information, getting as much information from projections, ownership, actual interviews with these players and seeing what they're doing, actual ways to fit in and get an idea and human index of how these guys fit the course. We're going to be talking about all of that. So before we do, it's going to be sponsored by Superdraft today. Superdraft, if you're not over there, multipliers we're going to be talking about as well. If you're not over there, 50% deposit match up to $1,000 rookies. It's not going to be a salary cap. It's a multiplier format. So if you have a very good golfer who's coming in right now with a 1x multiplier, that means they get one times their points, no bonus. But some guys are going to have like a 1.3x bonus. Patrick Reed normally is coming in with like 1.2x bonuses, 20% to 30% more points. So it's all about projections. We'll have them over on Patreon linked down below. Help you out there. Give yourself an even bigger edge, but 50% deposit match up to $1,000 Ruskies. Promo code SAL, that's S-A-L. They'll give it to you in a slow drip format, which pretty much cancels out the rake. These contests also, like most of the time, are only feeling like 70%, especially with the NFL season going on. These contests, the golf, the other sports, NBA, MLB, these contests are not filling right now. So go over there. Even the NFL one did not fill. You're getting rake, you're getting overlay in there, and you're getting a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. Sponsor of the show today and proud sponsor of the $10,000 range. So if you're not familiar, by now. The U.S. Open is at Wingfoot this week, which is a par 70 and just under 7,500 yards. It's the U.S. Open, so they're going to set this bad boy up to play rough. If you have not seen it, yes, no pun intended, the rough is absolutely insane this week. The rough's playing difficult. The winning score in 2006 when the U.S. Open was here was plus five. The cut line that year was plus 10. So tough roughs, tough greens, exactly 7,477 yards. You're getting it. Only one time in five U.S. Opens has Wingfoot played under par to the winner. The other four times, over par. Again, like I said, 2006, plus five was the winner. The par four 18th hole is going to be the most difficult on the course and it comes in with a scoring average of 4.47 the easiest holes quote unquote easiest holes five through seven they're all still coming in being played over par so none of these holes are going to be getting played under par at least over the history that we've been here so it's absolutely crazy this week the field notes brooks Kepka has withdrawn scotty scheffler has withdrawn to a positive covid test brooks because of the risk and some injuries there will still be no fans on site tiger woods will be here making his 2021 season debut i feel obligated to have to say that key stats par 70 scoring i'm going to be looking at difficult corollary courses going to be looking at U.S. Open type tracks, right? Uh, you could even look at some things that we've had this year, like in Hardin Park over in San Francisco, we had earlier bogey avoidance, right? Uh, birdie average, all things to just try and stay in the lead, try and stay somewhere around there. Driving accuracy is going to be very difficult here. So I'll be waiting that. Greens and regulations and scrambling is just going to be very difficult here. So I'll also be waiting that and looking at those types of players. And then par four scoring between 450 and 500 yards. There's seven holes on this course that are par fours between 450 and 500 yards. No other hole types are even close in terms of having a lot of the same 450 to 500 yards is the most with seven. So that's Harden Park. It's going to play extremely difficult. You're probably going to see winning scores at like plus three or plus four. That's what they want. The rough looks absolutely brutal. If you have not seen Instagram or Twitter, just look up US Open Rough and you're going to see it for this week. It is 
crazy. So let's start this bad boy off. Again, I have projections, rankings, all that stuff will be up on Patreon later in the week. Link down below. Like, subscribe as we get into this right now. We can start off with the 10K range. Look, I'm going to have ownership to all these guys. It's going to come down to like what the ownership is on a lot of players. It seems like Xander is going to be the most owned right now. So instead of going through every single 150 players in this field, I'm just going to talk about the guys that I actually want to have some interest in. I want to be waiting ball striking, right? The off the tee and the approach play combined because of how big of a course this is. Want to be ranking the bogey avoidance, all that stuff I talked about, par four scoring, all this stuff. And a guy was really going to play out there for me. Well, the last time we saw him at the tour championship it was 28% owned. Again, not a lot of players at the tour championship, so it makes sense, but always comes in usually around 18 to 20 plus percent ownership. We saw him at the BMW at 17%. We saw him at the PGA championship at 15%. It's Justin Thomas who's playing very good right now. Obviously he had the strokes advantage, but he still finished second at the tour championship, top 25 at the BMW, just won the St. Jude pretty recently, had a decent showing at the PGA championship, finishing 37th overall after a rough finish there, mainly because of the putter. And that putter is the big thing for him. And this is the only reason that it might be shaky, but I think this is also a reason that's going to keep his ownership down. He has only gained strokes putting once in his last five events, and he's blown up in some spots. The Northern Trust, he's lost four strokes. He's lost three and a half strokes at the PGA Championship. Last time we saw him at the Tour Championship, he lost 3.2 strokes, even though he was gaining everywhere else. Almost two strokes gained off the tee, over two strokes on approach, over two and a half strokes on approach and around the green. If he does anything with the putter that week, like anything at all, and maybe just doesn't even lose, he probably wins the Tour Championship. So we're really just banking on a player that's clicking on all cylinders, and we're hoping that the putting gets there this week on a very difficult course. If a bunch of people are going to be playing on a difficult course with putting, even the good putters are having a hard time. So it kind of puts everybody pretty closer. If anything, this is the worst skill set of Justin Thomas, and it's continued to get worse as the seasons and as the events have gone by. Same thing for Rory. It's just they're putting right now. But I'm going to be clicking and banking on right now the number one ball striker in the world in this field, number one tee to green player in Justin Thomas at what looks to be, I mean, I'm not going to say crazy low ownership, but relative to what I thought was going to be coming in here, I thought he might be like a top three, four owned guy because he's in this range and he normally is. It looks like he's coming in like maybe pushing top 10 ownership. So he might actually fall outside the top 10. Give me some JT there. And we're going to get down to the guys that I just am starting to like a lot, but it seems like the field is really starting to like these guys as well. You're seeing Xander pick up maybe, maybe going to be the chalkiest play in the slate. I think Xander sets up really nicely here. I've been just saying Xander's name almost every single week because why not? His game clicks in every single way, every single week. And when it doesn't, it's just one small thing. And when it does, then that's when you start to see him finishing very high up. He finished T2 with Justin Thomas at the Tour Championship. He gained seven strokes with the putter. Seven strokes game with the putter for Xander. If you want to filter that and just sort that by, is that his best round ever? Yes. In the database that I'm using, that is the best round ever. So yes, this is going to look very good for Xander. He's had just a ton of top finishes. I mean, look at everything that you're seeing right now from Xander's place. Since the Travelers back in June, when this thing all kicked back up, a 20th, a 14th, a 13th, a 6th, a 10th, a 25th, a 25th, and a 2nd, has not finished outside the top 25 since the end of June, and mainly lives in that top 10 to top 15 range. This guy is always going to be in contention. $10,100 is a fair price point. He has just been crushing US Opens, a 3rd, a 6th, a 5th. This guy contends at these places on these difficult courses. He fits the bill of par 70 scoring, of course, other difficult courses. So I like this spot for Xander. You're normally getting him playing well everywhere. The putter's been fine as of late. Obviously, he just gained 7 strokes. It's pretty much been fine over the last month, month and a half. One hiccup at the Memorial, but he still finishes 13th there. And everybody was struggling to putt at the Memorial and around the greens there. But his off the tee game has been absolutely clicking. I'm looking at off the tee this week. I'm looking at approach play this week. The approach play, if anything, maybe a little bit shaky, but the off the tee, absolutely clicking. Just gained two strokes at the Tour Championship. And he's gained pretty much in the last like month and a half for Xander. Xander sets up really nicely here. He's projecting out very good. He's fourth overall in strokes gained total in this field. It's just going to come down to the ownership. I'm okay to eat it in some lineups, but we'll have to see at the end of the day. And if not, I'll just pivot over to Colin Morikawa, who I also think sets up here pretty nicely. Getting Morikawa is the third ranked player in the world in approach, third ranked tee to green, second in ball striking. He's top 15 and off the tee. Everything plans out here. I want the ball striking. I want the off the tee. I want the par four scoring. He finished T35 at his first US Open, $10,000 flat, and he's going to be a pivot play to Xander if that's where he wants to go to. And right now I'm kind of leaning to go there a little bit more because it seems like Morikawa is not picking up the ownership that he deserves. Similar to Xander, he might actually come in with half the ownership of Xander, maybe around 10% to Xander's 20%. We know how well Morikawa is. You know the upside of Morikawa winning the work. They finishing second in a playoff to 
I believe Daniel Berger at the Charles Schwab winning the PGA Championship, the last major that we've seen. He then missed the cut the Northern Trust, but he comes right back with a top 20, a six of the Tour Championship. Pretty much everything you know is going to click. If the putter is going to be positive in terms of he's gaining positive strokes, it's an auto like top 20. But if the putter is going to gain like two strokes, that's when you're starting to get interesting and he's actually going to push towards a victory. Gain eight strokes at the PGA one. Gain 4.7 strokes at the work. They won that bad boy. Finished second in the playoffs at the Charles Schwab that he should have won if he didn't miss a three footer heading down the stretch, I believe on like hole 17. Finished his second there, gains 3.4 strokes. Anytime that this man has gained like over three strokes, he's pretty much won an event or lost it in a playoff. All three times in his career that he's gained over three strokes putting, he has won an event or lost it in a playoff and finished second place. Every single time that he's gained over two strokes putting, he's finished top 15. So yeah, all you have to really come down to for this guy is the putting. It's a difficult track. I'm just going to bank on it, especially at lower ownership. I'll go towards a little bit more of Colin Morikawa here because it seems like he's being a little bit underrepresented, even though he just won this last major. I was expecting higher ownership, especially at a fair price point of $10,000 Ruskies. Now let's go down and we can actually focus on the 9K range, which is not that big compared to the 8K range. You can see the 9 and 8K range are both on the screen right now. I do have interest in Bryson, right? Um, I do think that this is going to be a much more difficult course for Bryson only because of the rough. And that's what leads me to a lot more concerns. That's what I assume is leading people, especially with some of the recent play he's been on, leaving him to only be maybe like 8 to 10% on this week. The rough's a concern. His approach play is the weakest part of his game. He said the irons, there's something wrong with them. Obviously, he's a great putter, top five in this field. Obviously, he's the best player off the tee in this field, but you're going to get concerns when it comes to approach. If he's going to have to get himself out of the rough where we are right now, that's kind of a concern. Webb, I have as a no. He's the first no. You can put him as a maybe if you really want. I just think he's going to be chalky, and I prefer the guys that are priced up above him for $300 more and more cow and Xander. I'd rather eat the Xander chalk than Webb. That's fine if you don't want to. That's totally your choice. And then as you go down, there's guys like Cantley that I'm fine getting to over him. There's guys like Berger that I'm fine. Cantley's going to be playing pretty decent on difficult tracks, but Berger's the guy in this range of the 9K range that I like the most right now. Hideki, not getting to me personally, just won't get there. Fee now plays well everywhere at this point. I think he's going to contend at every single major and at least be in the fields there. We've seen it happening for like the last two years now. Fee now is always contending at these major championships. The one that a lot of people probably remember is the Masters with Tiger last week because they were grouped together and paired together, but he's normally contending there. Daniel Berger's track record of just dominating this year, dating back to February a ninth, a fifth, a fourth, a first, a third, a second, a thirteenth, a third, a twenty fifth, a 15th. Those are all of his starts. That's absolutely ridiculous. I just told you Xander starts. Those are even better than Xander's somehow, right? Obviously he has the win in there and a couple of second and top three finishes, top five finishes all over the place. So yeah, I like Berger here. I like the way that he sets up, whether it's coming to the ball striking, whether it's coming to the T to green being top six in this field. Number two in overall strokes gain in this field. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get a pretty stable putter out of Daniel Berger and get a very stable off the tee player. And then it comes down to his approach play clicking. It's been clicking as of late on this hot run of two to three to four months of his since the break of golf, even before that he's been crushing. So Daniel Berger at $9,200. I think it's a fair price point here for somebody who's really been playing up at least in the 2020 season, 2021 season, technically now here, but I will believe to continue that it will carry over. And another nice thing on burgers, it seems like maybe average ownership at most right now, the 8k range is just loaded with guys. The guys I probably stay away from right now are Tiger, Justin Rose, and Ricky Fowler to start it off at least to start the week. Again, projections, rankings, all will come out later today and or tomorrow on Wednesday. And that's really where I'll be going off of with the optimizer after that. Patrick Reed looks like he's going to be chalky. So he's somebody I definitely could pivot away from. It's just a price point. You're getting a player with this type of caliber always in the 8k range as of late. I'm going to continue to go there at times. And we've seen the approach play start to click as of late. And about a month ago, we saw the approach play start to click. And then for the last two or three weeks, it's kind of been shaky. He lost 2.3 strokes at the tour championship with the putter. That's not going to work for you. You need the approach play on this tourist to be there and you need the putter to be there. The off the tee game has been phenomenal the last two months gaining everywhere. So Patrick Reed is a guy that I can fade if he's going to be the highest song. If you're playing one lineup, yeah, go ahead and fade Patrick Reed because you're relying on the putter and you're relying on the approach play, which over the last three weeks has gone back to being shaky after it was pretty decent at the PGA and the Wyndham 
where he finished top 15 at both of those venues. Outside of that, I think Hatton might be chalky, but I'm okay eating this Hatton chalk a little bit more. I think that the caliber of the player that you're getting at this price point is better. It's not going to be as chalky as a guy like Patrick Reed is coming in right now. Hatton, you're getting as a top 10 overall strokes game player in this field. Again, when I talk about the chalkiness, I'm maybe 15% ownership on Hatton. He's $8,100. We know the upside that he has, especially in these types of venues. And we've seen it, I mean, very much so as of late. We haven't seen it maybe the last week or so, but what you're seeing out of Hatton right now is a nice finish at the Tour Championship, even though he started pretty low there. A 16th at the BMW, some things are starting to click. The off the tee, he's gained over the last month there. The approach, he's gained over the last month there. The putter's been kind of shaky, but coming off of an event where he gains over two strokes. To start the year off in February, he had a sixth, a first, a third, a fourth, and then he went pretty rough. 69th, a missed cut, but then he gets back on track. 25th, a 16th, and a seventh. I think Hatton's in a pretty nice spot here. Other interests down in this range, Fleetwood, Day, Scott to an extent, but not a lot right now. He's not going to be owned, so that makes him a little bit more appealing. Victor Hovland and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick plays these difficult courses as well. He's just very good at avoiding bogeys. So even if he's not getting a lot of birdies, which he doesn't get a lot of birdies, as long as he's avoiding the bogeys, he'll just stay neutral. And neutral might win this event, right? If you're winning at plus money, if you're just going to sit there at even this week, you're probably winning this event. I'm not saying Fitzpatrick is going to win, but I think his skill set sets up nicely here. Let's get into the 7K range now as we go on here. So in the 7K range, you're going to get some guys that are going to probably pop off with a lot of ownership in this range. But for the most part, they start to gel down a little bit. And a lot of ownership in this range is like 10%, right? For the most part, all the guys being owned there at $8,000 and above. We'll scroll up to the top here. And towards the top is where I'm really going to be focusing the most. Harris English is fine if you want to get there. Obviously, guys just been playing absolutely dynamite. If it wasn't for Dustin Johnson, he probably actually would have won an event this year instead of finishing top 15 in every single event. Paul Casey is somebody that I'll go to. You're normally going to see ownership on Paul Casey. But for some reason, it seems like people don't want to pull the trigger on Paul Casey, at least this week, at the exact same price points as guys like Harris English. Answer right there in Gary Woodland. It seems like they're soaking up most of the ownership. So I'll go to Paul Casey if nobody else wants to. Paul Casey somehow with the putter has been absolutely phenomenal. Four straight events gaining with the putter and some big ones. 2.9 strokes gained at the BMW, 16th overall. A 49th at the Northern Trust gained 2.3 strokes. So everything looks decent here. You know the off the tee play is going to be fantastic for Paul Casey. You know that the irons and the ball striking will be fine and great for Paul Casey. It comes down to the putter and he's never had a better month putting maybe in his career than right now. So Paul Casey at $7,900. I'm fine getting to it. What looks to be decent ownership. Gary Woodland, the defending US Open champion of some ownership towards. Answer is going to be my fade because I think he'll probably be the highest owned in this range. So I'll fade answer. I'll pivot right to Matthew Wolf, who we've been seeing contend very well, especially at these more difficult events. It was always known as like Matthew Wolf is better at uh, the events that are just easier, right? That's where he's kind of won in the past. Then he comes out the last couple of times we've seen him and he posts very good finishes, a fourth at the PGA Championship, finishes top 25 at the Memorial. We just saw him finish 16th at the BMW, gaining five strokes tee to green and losing with the putter, which is going to be the normal for Matthew Wolf. I mean, Wolf lost two strokes with the putter at the PGA Championship and still finished fourth overall. So Wolf is a guy who's trending in the right direction, start the 2021 season off with maybe a nice start here as well. And then a couple of guys I have some interest in, Shane Lowry, some of these veterans and guys like Louie, Sanjay Im at a $7,500 price tag. I, I thought was going to pick up more ownership than he actually is coming in with right now. I assume Sanjay probably comes in somewhere around like 6 to 8% owned. So I'll go to Sanjay when a lot of people are just going to go right to Jordan Spieth. Yeah, a lot of people still are going to go to Jordan Spieth in a similar price range. I'm going to be going to Sanjay there. I think Sanjay's game is obviously up and down, but in this mid-range, he looks good. Brendan Todd sets up nice for this course. He's not going to, he, he can win a birdie fest, but I think his game sets up a lot better for just, okay, get into the fairways, right? And go from there. Hit the fairways, be good at doing that. Hit the greens and regulations, be good at doing that and just avoid bogeys by getting into this crazy rough. I think Brendan Todd sets up nicely for that. You're going to get a top 10 putter in the field as well, which will only help you if he does get into some trouble. So Todd at $7,400, probably my favorite guy, Let's just say below 7,500, between 7,000 and 7,500. It's probably Brendan Todd this week because the rest I just have some interest in, but not a lot. Martin Keimer at $7,100 just seems like okay value, but not a lot there. Kutcher at $7,200. 
okay value. But again, this is a guy who's kind of like Brendan Todd, but not the same. Like Kucher will get bogeys, but he's not going to get a ton of birdies. Whereas it's it's kind of just the more dangerous and risky version of Brendan Todd. Kucher will hit the fairways and stuff, but he'll get in a lot more trouble than Brendan Todd more times than not. Poulter, Mickelson, they're in this field. They're cheap. I prefer Poulter over Phil. Phil's actually been playing decent as of late, right? Uh, but I'm not going to be probably getting there with any or all that much volume. And now we go to the 6K range again. Show is sponsored by Superdraft. 50% deposit match up to $1,000. Ruskies if you use the promo code Sal. It's all linked up down below. You can get information on that. I got projections on Patreon. All that type of stuff will be out later in the week. So 6K range. Nobody's going to stand out as like fantastic options. I like the obviously 7K range and above more. But EVR looks okay. Matthews is actually playing very well as of late. We just saw him kind of have a pretty nice start at the Tour Championship, starting all the way at the bottom, finishing 14th. This guy's putter is absolutely deadly. He just gained 5.2 strokes at the Tour Championship. Let me tell you, based on his recent results, going back to past results, starting right now, in terms of how much he's gained putting. 5.2, 2 2.9, 2.4, 1.5, 5.2, 9.1, 4.6, 4.6. I can keep going. This guy only gains with the putter. That's all he does. He's pretty much game with the putter in 15 straight events. And he's good around the green. He's good in the short game overall. The issue is that his off the tee play is not that great. He's lost in like the last month. So that's the issue for Mac Hughes. You get a good putter, but if his off the tee game is not that great, he's going to be playing out of the rough where he doesn't have good irons either. So well for Mackenzie Hughes, I think I've been saying Matthew Hughes maybe, but Mackenzie Hughes, Mac Hughes is what I meant to say instead of Matt. Maybe I don't even know if I said that, but anyways, Mackenzie Hughes is the guy that, yes, I love the putter. I love what he's been doing as of late, but this venue looks very, very scary for a guy who is not going to be setting up anywhere near decent when it comes to ball striking and approach. So it might actually be a week to skip out on him with his price point higher. I'm going to mark him as a no right now. Corey Connors does set up well for the approach play. His irons are pretty good, right? Ball striking overall is very good, but the issue is around the green and putting is going to be absolutely his downfall. We'll make him a maybe for now. So there's just guys in this range who do stands out. Kokrak, right? Um, guys like Kevin Na are going to stand out. Rasmus, I'm going to be taking some shots on. Why not at the price point actually profiles out as somebody who can be a, a lot more expensive of a golfer. We just don't have much information on him. And then Sebastian Munoz towards the bottom. Maybe my only yes. I assume that Sebastian Munoz is going to pick up a lot of ownership, but as usual, you're not going to get any ownership in this range. Maybe Sebastian Munoz comes in with like 4% ownership, but this guy's been playing the best golf of maybe his career over the last, I would say three weeks, pretty much during the playoffs at the FedEx Cup playoffs. And 18th at the Northern Trust and eight at the BMW Championship where he led for a while. Very good showing at the Tour Championship where he started at the bottom of the board with the strokes and all that, the wacky format. And he finishes eighth overall, even though he only gains with the putter. He's been very good as of late. The issue for Munoz as always is he's going to have a good off the tee game. He's going to be very shaky with the putter and he's going to be kind of hit or miss with his approach. At this price point of 6,600, I think it's fair. I think it's kind of building in the risk. Other guy down here, honorable mention, feel obligated to say his name, Lanto Griffin. And then to close it out, there's not going to be a lot down here. Like you just got a a bunch of people who are just qualified for this event for just weird ways because of the season invitation. So not going to like really anything at $6,000 flat, as you can see. At six. $6,200. I think Kurt Kitayama and Adam Long are actually fine options. I think that Adam Long probably sets up the best and looks like decent value at $6,200 on this slate. So I will go there. I'm really just hoping that these guys make the cut. So Long probably my favorite play below, let's just say uh, $6,300. And there's a little group of guys at the top that I like. I think Brian Harmon at $6,400. I have him as a yes. He's just the best guy below $6,500 that I think stands out just for overall play type. Pretty decent when it comes to tee to green play. When it comes to putting, he's going to be okay there. Approach play and ball striking is very meh, but for this price point, it's actually going to be a value, I think think. And then Max Homa and Joel Damon. Damon and Homa, you know what you're getting. You're pretty much getting the same players that are pretty consistent everywhere except for around the green play. But if you're going to be getting the off the tee play, that's going to be fine, especially for the price points down here. I do like seeing that. If you know you're going to be getting above average putters in this field, again, especially for down here, I'll take it. They're good ball strikers. They're both top 35 in this field. So Brian Harmon, Homa, and Damon, they're all $6,400. They're all going to be my player pool. And then probably just Adam Long at $6,200. Maybe I'll go Kurt Kitayama, but I assume Adam Long takes up that ownership. And I'm not playing like 30% Adam Long. Like he'll probably get into like five of my lineup. So I don't got 
to go all overboard with all these guys down here. That's where I'm at right now. So if you did enjoy this video, it's a special video because it's a major week. So that's why we're doing some golf content. I'll probably do a master's week video as well. But for the most part, I'm just going to be doing rankings and projections every week for golf as the season goes on. Now that the NFL season is here, taking priority over the content out on YouTube. But I wanted to get out. A lot of people are asking for the US Open because it is a major. Of course, I'll be playing the event. I'll be watching the event. So why not make a video on it? But be sure before you go to hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button that just popped up and check out all the NFL content I got going on here. I appreciate all of your support from every single one of you. Thank you so much. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment with any questions that you have. You can follow me on Twitter at DFS. Check out Patreon for the projections and rankings that will be up for this event. And loads, loads, loads of content for the NFL season are here. Support the sponsor of the show, Superdraft. 50% deposit match up to $1,000 rooskies in a slow drip format. Multiplier format over on Superdraft. Got projections for that on Patreon. All that information is linked down below. Promo code SAL gets you all of the benefits there. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you all in the next one.